1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Super Scoreboard as Rangers sign Greg Stewart and David Turnbull nears a move to Celtic. Well, I said last week that I wasn't going to believe anything that was written in the press about transfers till it was actually done because mm. this is a season for rumours. However, significant moves have been made and deals are getting across the line and it's only going to get more interesting as the weeks go on. Teams are starting to report back to pre-season. Managers are starting to get deals across the line and I can't wait to see where we stand at the end of June. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me until 7 o'clock is Mark Wilson. You can give us a call on 01419511025 or tweet us at Clyde SSB. We'll start at Rangers and Greg Stewart will be staying in Scotland after signing a two-year deal there. The forward who spent last season on loan at Kilmarnock and then Aberdeen moves to Ibrox on a free transfer after his contract expired at Birmingham. Mark we kind of knew it was happening but yeah. this is Rangers confirming it it's a two year deal he's arriving on a free transfer yeah well it was no secret uh, I think there was there was rumours about it at the tail end of the season we discussed it on the show here mm-hmm. um, and there's no doubt Greg Stewart uh, is a quality player um, he's had a, a a good career in Scotland starting at Cowdenbeath and then Dundee I think that's when he was at his most most prominent most dangerous at earned him his move to Birmingham where he didn't quite hit it off and that can happen um, however, when he came back to Aberdeen, he, he didn't quite hit the heights that he he hit when he was at Dundee. You know, he didn't seem to play with that confidence that he he, he did, mm-hmm. and he had to rethink his future by going to Kilmarnock. Once again, I thought he was a top man, the top player at Kilmarnock, um, scoring many goals. You know, assists. His work rate had improved as well, and then I was surprised when he chose. To, to go to Aberdeen for mm. a second time Now that's hard enough I think Going to a club a second time round When you've been successful the first time When he, he wasn't really successful at Aberdeen To go back Maybe showed the character of the guy That he wanted to, to go there and, and make his mark Again I don't think he did make his mark at Aberdeen Second time round So I, I think Rangers fans Will appreciate that he's a good player Look at his past But I think there'll be some that thinks Can he do it? Can he perform at a big club? A big club, um, no doubt Aberdeen was a bigger club than Dundee, um, was a bigger club than Kilmarnock, but Rangers is a step above that. And can he perform every week in front of 50,000? Added a lot of wingers, wide players, Stephen Gerrard and Greg Stewart's another one. But um, like I said at the start there, Significant moves now being mm. made by by Rangers and Celtic in the transfer market. He's going to have a lot of competition at Rangers when you look at the players that are already there, the players that could come in. We, we know that Shea Ojo will probably join on loan. He'll join up pre-season mm-hmm. yeah. with Rangers. So he's not coming in necessarily to be that number one in the in the team for them. Well, well, this was my thing always with Greg Stewart at Aberdeen. And, and we discussed Greg Stewart you know, in the build-up to games uh, against Celtic and Rangers before we knew he was going to Rangers. And that was always my thing. When uh, Kelly, I thought he knew he was the number one guy. You know, he had Brophy playing off him and learning from him. But Greg Stewart was a man who really pulled Kelly, uh, you know, together over that first six months. Again, at Dundee, he played in a wider area, but he was always a man who would cut in. And the amount of worldies he scored cutting in that mm. left foot was incredible. And he was the main man there. And I just thought... He may have been a wee bit overshadowed at Aberdeen and, and they didn't quite find his best position. 
Um, and I wonder Steven Gerrard or what Steven Gerrard has in mind for his best position because like I say at Dundee I thought he was particularly good coming off that right hand side and his left foot and scoring Kilmarnock he played probably more of a central role I just wonder where Steven Gerrard looks to put him into yeah. that side because like you say you've got Ojo that could come in you've got Jordan Jones you've got Hasty, Murphy coming back You've got a whole host of players Greta. And still hopeful that Ryan Kent might be I've, there They, they well, don't know but they're they're hopeful Well Ryan Kent is For me has got to be the number one target mm-hmm. You know for what he achieved at Rangers last year And the way he played um, He's got to be the number one target And the number one name on the team sheet When it comes to wide areas on the left So if they get him back Then that's one position less on the side Um but they certainly get a lot of attacking options. I'll give Rangers that, especially in the wide areas and just off the front. Obviously, they've got Morelos and Defoe still, but yeah. they're, they're pretty strong in that area. But I just wonder where Steven Gerrard is looking to play Greg Stewart, if it's a wide area or if it's in that number 10 off either Morelos or Defoe. And something that broke during the show last night was that Motherwell had accepted a club record fee from Celtic for David Turnbull. He's now having talks with Celtic about a move there. I think the fee's just under £3 million. Mm. A good bit of business for both clubs, in your opinion. Uh, listen, without a doubt, and I've got to congratulate Motherwell because I think it's easy for teams uh, in Scotland when, when a, a decent offer comes in to take it right away mm. But Motherwell were, were very clear That they valued this player Very highly And they said that They weren't going to accept Anything other than their, uh, Higher than their record bid And Celtic have went Some way above that And I think Celtic did If they if they showed their interest First and, and got knocked back Which was rightly so I, I felt then Going back to the The John McGinn saga Of last year If Celtic yeah. were to lose out again Or show that they weren't Prepared to pay That money again and David Turnbull had to go somewhere else, then once again Celtic would have looked silly. So, of course, I think it's a good bit of business for both teams. I think he's David Turnbull is a, is a quality footballer who, bear in mind, we've not seen a lot of him. We've only seen one season, but in one season, what an impact he has made. The goals, the assists, the drive he's shown from midfield has been something else for a kid his age. And, and you think it can only get better. But it is only one season mm. we've seen him. But you think playing with better players, he can only come on. And Motherwell saying that that kind of fee is transformational for a club like them. Yeah, oh, well, without a doubt. Well, you're looking at the business Motherwell have, uh, has done throughout the years and bringing players from from teams down south, I, I mean, way down the leagues and the conference and, and bring them up and giving them game time, giving them confidence. And before you know it, they're selling them here, there and everywhere. Um, you know... Higdon, one of the players, uh, one player of the year yep, up here, Louis Mo, uh, you know, things like that. So the model that Motherwell have got, now, if you add £3 million into that pot for Stephen Robertson to go out and look for more of these guys, then, of course, it's transformational. It, it just gives them so much money to work with, and they can relax. Can it be hard, you know, fan ownership club? Yeah, it can't be easy, mm-hmm. you know, living like that. So to get a, a deal like that for a player... Who's albeit been there since a kid But played one season Is a phenomenal piece of business And Stephen Robinson's always said He knows it's about bringing players in And moving them on as well He knows that it's very Mm. difficult to keep them for too long Especially if they're impressing like that Mm. There's more money to be had at other clubs But if Motherwell can make money from that Then it's a benefit every time Uh, Of course I mean there's only so much you 
you can hold on to a player You know, like David Turnbull um, He's came through the system And it's quite right to, to demand a, a fee That they think is Giving him that deal, that four year deal as well Well, uh, well, of course um, But they, they need to, it needs to be right for all parties And I think Motherwell got that uh, you know, got that in their head pretty early on with David Turnbull. You know, they they thought, you know, let's tie this kid up. Um, hopefully that he stays. But if a bid comes along, like the three million pounds that Celtic yeah. have bid, then how can they reject that? You know, one player they could get four, five, six players, and for that amount of money, and it can keep them going. So, um, like I say, great bit of business for both. And of course, it's not over the line yet, but. Um, yeah, we can only assume it's going to be pretty soon. You can give us a call tonight, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. And John and Clyde Bank has done just that. Good evening, John. How you doing, guys? Good, Hi, John. Good. I thought it was a Mark Wilson show tonight. I thought it was never getting on there, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's me. I've done, done eleven minutes. I'm not speaking again. <laughs> as I'm done, over to you, John. Right, cheers. Uh, I thought you had the phone up pre-season, but you know what? I feel just. I kind of keep away from the football and all the rumours until really the middle of July into August. Mm. But I, so I'm kind of having a wee, and, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know what's going to win the league for a, a, either team? Because I think it will be a bit closer this year. Um, I think last year, when you look at it, the league last year, Celtic would really won a canter at the end of it when you think about it. Because they threw the last three, one, two, and beat one, and still won with nine points. So really, when you look at that, it's a canter. But I think it will be closer. Um, and what will make or break each each team will be the transfer. What they do in the transfer window. Um, when the boy went there from Aberdeen, um, who, who is his parent club? Is it is it Birmingham? It's his parent club. Yeah, he was on loan at Kilmarnock and Aberdeen last yeah, season, and he's joined yeah. after his contract well, at Birmingham expired. Well, I heard Mark talk about, uh, Mark speaking about him. I'm I'm a, I'm a Celtic fan, but I'm talking about transfers in general. That boy was at Kilmarnock at the start of the season up to de- uh, December was great, but see Aberdeen, he was mediocre. To be honest with you, he, he wasn't that promise what you looked to, and I'm thinking, whoa. Is she, is she worth it but going on what he did at Kilmarnock definitely but Aberdeen but Mark, Mark explained it a little bit to me a wee bit and he was saying maybe he was a bit of fish out of water he was just there he maybe never thought he was a number one and it takes a wee while to settle into a club but maybe at Rangers we will the, the, the boy from Motherwell uh, Turnbull that Celtic hopefully will get over the line in the next few days is good but what what I'm, I'm liking is there's too many good young Scottish players right they go down and they, put, they go to England with their agents. And I know it's only a short career and they do it for the money, right? And they sit on the bench and they don't develop and they sit there and don't get used. And that's what's happening a lot of years. Like David Goodwillie is a, a good example of a great young player who never reached the height because he went to a team and he'd rather sit on the bench and rather maybe go to Celtic or Rangers or maybe stay another couple of years to develop and he stopped developing because he wasn't used and hopefully their boys will develop and then they can have better careers again in England because if they're good enough they'll get their big moves and that is only good for the Scottish game and I'm also glad that Celtic didn't muck about with the transfer fee Motherwell wanted X amount and Celtic's agreed in it and we're no no messing about they'll go okay right we'll give you that and and hopefully we'll get, get the boy but Mark as well spoke about John McGinn and I don't, nobody knows if Celtic bid any money for him or spoke to him nobody's ever really known, right? Because it's like, but to me the John McGinn 
transfer was never going to happen because it would upset what Celtic pay their wages with John McGinn. John McGinn would, would command X amount, probably just a bit lower than the Celtic captain uh, Scott oh, Brown. I, I disagree with that. If you look at what Scott I, Sinclair, for example... Is on when he came up. I don't that, know exactly, but he's but on a, a big wage. John, are you talking about when John McGinn moved the last year? He would have commanded yeah. more than no. I, I think he he's in a position. I think he's point, in a position yeah. now. If he had to come back to Scotland, which will never happen, but I think he would command round I about think, that. I don't think going for Hibs to Celtic, he was commanding. No, but this is what I'm trying to get at, Mark. If you're dealing against Eng- English clubs. Then you've got to match what they're paying if he's going to come to Celtic, where they can move them and get a bigger salary. Because remember, Brighton was in for him as well, mm-hmm. a Premiership club at the time, and Aston Villa. So to compete in the wages that they could, that they could offer, then you have to pay big bucks. On the, I don't think it was the transfer fee; it's the problem. It's the wage. Because then when you start doing that, then you have to. Everybody's got up a scale and up a grade. Have you understand what I mean? Yeah, no, listen, I understand what you mean But I I think if we're going back to John McGinn I mean, this is in the past I think Celtic dragged their heels with the John McGinn thing Allowing allowing the English teams to come in Uh, So that's, I think that's a problem In terms of of Turnbull, what you were chatting about there The the three million quid that Celtic have agreed to pay for him They've obviously just agreed to pay for him Because they think he's that good Clubs down south were interested in David Turnbull as well Motherwell said that in their statement last night So mm. it's what you're saying about John McGinn They've went in, they've offered what Motherwell wanted They've got the player Because, because they think he's that good yeah. That's how highly Neil Lennon rates him And I'm reading things you know, about a couple of years ago When Neil Lennon seen him in a 21s game And he singled him out That's how much they rate him They wanted him in right away It's the first serious piece of business that they've went for There's other targets There's other positions In Celtic's team That need addressing More than midfield Where David Turnbull play But it just shows you How highly they rate this kid If he's the first one they go for Can I also say something else One more thing mm. It's about the, the, the Neil Lennon I heard a few comments Last week with Celtic fans Saying that he wasn't the choice First choice But it is what it is And, and whatever See when you look at Neil Lennon Right In the last Two, two seasons Perhaps on Celtic Right Neil Lennon's been One of the most Outstanding managers In Scottish football Probably just behind um, Stevie Clark Right He took Hibs And got them To where they were He then came to Celtic And got them As people say Over the line He won the league At a canter with them He Everywhere that he had to go And win He won He did everything correctly And people were still not happy I think as well he, he, I knew he was getting the job See, I, well, I never knew But I just had a feeling he was getting the job When the way The, the young boy where, uh, When he tried to dictate About going to the World Cup The, the under-19 World Cup of America And Neil Lennon made the, the, the manager's decision No son, you're no messing us about Away you go Right And I thought Right Neil Lennon's in charge And he will be Like he's a good manager He's a um, And he's the best man to take on uh, To take on all comers Who want to come and take their titles for me Well uh, there's no doubt Johnny is a very good manager You're right with what you say But you, you, you can't ignore What he's done in the past You know And a lot of people Have been derogatory against him Saying well Rangers weren't at the strongest Or Rangers weren't in the league But uh, I mean the, the European exploits Things like that You're right When he went to Hibs Totally different environment Okay Bolton wasn't a success For different reasons But You can't ignore the success he's had as a manager and a coach, uh, you know, it's 
It's why he got the Celtic job when Brendan Rodgers left and he played a big part in getting a treble over the line and he was the correct choice. Thank you to John and Clyde Bank for his call. You you touched on it, Mark, that there's other positions in the Celtic squad that need to be sorted as well. Mikel Lustig, for example, mm. no one knows at the moment what's happening with him. He's been a bit cryptic, suggesting yeah. that he's going, but my, my understanding is Celtic have offered him something, mm. but it's whether he uh, thinks that's acceptable. He's kind of hinted that he's not happy about the way it's all been handled rather than he's yeah. not been offered anything. And, and that's a shame. That's a bit, I, I was just about to say, Alison, it is a bit cryptic what you're reading and what you're hearing. And it's a shame for a guy who's who's gave outstanding service um, to the club for seven years, eight years perhaps, Saw the back of me, saw, saw me at the door when he came in, that was my time yeah. up. But for what he's achieved at Celtic, it's a shame. I think he should it should be more clear. Now, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Maybe Celtic have yeah. contacted him and he isn't happy, but it just seems a bit murky. And you, I I thought for one, by June the 13th, that would have been sorted one way or another. starts on, on Monday. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it may run to the end of June, he's still not there, but... I mean, that's not right because Celtic right back is a position that Celtic have to get bang on this season. Uh, Whether that be Lustig as a number one or Lustig for maybe 20, 25 games, they need someone else in there. Whether it be a number one to, to and Lustig is backup or the other way around, a younger guy to challenge and push Lustig, they need someone else in there. And Daniel Arzani, remember him? Yeah, oh yeah. Well, he's spoken... And saying that he reckons that next season at Celtic will be a big one for him. He, of course, signed a two-year loan deal from Man City last season, was injured on his debut. He's now back in training, so he's ready. He says he wants to make his mark and impress Neil Lennon. He wanted to impress Brendan Rodgers, but says him leaving makes absolutely no difference. Well, listen, guys like Arzani are like new players. I mean, was at Dens Park, I think he yeah. injured himself when he came on and yeah. he, got, he got real badging, so you feel sorry for the boy. He obviously wanted to come make an impact and he, he was a bit unknown at the time, but the there was a bit of excitement around him. So uh, that will be exciting for Celtic fans to see how he can impact. Um, you know, you hear a lot of good things about these guys and what he's done in the past and in certain tournaments, but you're never quite sure till you see him on the park. So he'll be desperate to kickstart his Celtic career. And like you say, it all starts next week. Pre-season is so important for these players. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Wilson here with me, Alison Conroy on Super Scoreboard through until 7 o'clock tonight. Greg Stewart signed a two-year deal with Rangers. A quick look on Twitter. One response is eight goals and 16 appearances for Kelly. Steve Clark was raging when he left, so he's shown he can do it and he's free, so he's worth the gamble. Uh, listen, I, I said that at Kelly, he was the main man for me and I thought he, he reacted that way by scoring 8 and 16. I thought that was a terrific return. I think he should have stayed there. I, I think he, he really should have. Yeah. Um. So he, he shows he can do it when he plays in that position. But like I was saying, I wonder if Steve, what Stephen Gerrard's saying. If he's uh, a guy who's going to play off one of the front two or he's going to play him in that position that's familiar to him off the right-hand side coming in uh, on the left, uh, you know, only time will tell. Kilmarnock, of course, still without a manager after Steve Clark left for Scotland. The board and Billy Bowie have put out an update today. They're saying that they are speaking to candidates, have been impressed by who has applied and they hope to have an update by early next week, which would suggest they're going to announce their manager early next week. At the moment, the bookies' favourite is Davy Moyes. 
Well If you're a Kelly fan You'd hope That they're going to mm-hmm. Announce the manager soon We were just chatting about it there Alison That pre-season training For teams Some some boys start tomorrow I'm reading Doing their testing Some guys are in next week And if you've not got a manager It makes things A whole <laughs> Lot more complicated Yeah um, To get things going I mean Obviously there'll still be Some staff in there But you need a manager to, well, to get the players together first and foremost and, and you know, look forward to what's going to be an exciting season for Kelly. But to get players, you know, uh, uh, transfer targets in. Um, so if they're, if they're naming it next week, then I'm sure the Kelly fans will be delighted with that. David Moyes, I mean, what a name that would be for Kilmarnock. What a, what a standard they set. When they got Steve Clark in, I think everyone was shocked by that, that a manager with his pedigree came to Kilmarnock. And I mean that, and no disrespect to Kelly, but it was such a big name. Yeah. And he, he was such a success. And the next guy that goes in there... It's a hard act to oh, follow I, for whoever I think it's one of the hardest in. jobs going about just now in Britain. Uh, no joke To go in to Kilmarnock And try and equal Or better what Steve Clark has done Is almost impossible So a guy I may take a guy like David Moyes But have they got the mm. The financial clout to do that? Who knows But uh, You need other names Roberto, Roberto Di Matteo was yep. named as well Another huge name Then the other side that You know Gary Holt uh, Was was mentioned And and you think Would he fit in? But it's a tough tough job yeah. But might take someone like David Moyes to take it but would David Moyes take it? Yeah, you look at David Moyes and obviously on a much smaller scale David Moyes was the man that tried to replace Sir Alex Ferguson Yeah, yeah. and now if he comes to Scotland as you say hard act to a much lesser scale absolutely but he's coming in again trying to replicate what, what somebody has achieved at a club you, you think of what Steve Clark did in terms of bringing the fans back as well mm. and giving them something to want to watch well I think that's what the fans are craving you know they enjoyed the the Steve Clark era they enjoyed what he brought on the park and he, they enjoyed the success that where he, he got them in the league and they're wanting something similar if not better next season very hard to follow but an appointment like David Moyes if it happens would obviously get the fans in straight away and there's no doubt about it David Moyes is a quality manager replacing Alex Ferguson at Man United that was always going to be impossible in all honesty to replacing Steve Clark at Kilmarnock are two two different things absolutely (laughs) but there's no doubt about it when David Moyes was at Everton for I think it was 11 years or something like that he was incredible and he may have taken a little dip but again at West Ham Good manager So it's a big name A, a proper Big name in Scottish football it's Once a game and he was to keep the fans Turning out Well it? listen He was being tipped With a Scotland job He was being tipped With a Celtic mm. job Not so long ago So if Kilmarnock Can can attract a guy like that Then What they've done In the last Three years Is absolutely incredible But Let's see Who who comes out The, the hat Because One thing we know In Scottish football <laughs> Something Sometimes no. Unexpected Just pops up So we never know 01419511025 Is the number You need And Brian and Sterling's Giving us a call Hello Brian Hello Lars How are you doing Alright All right, Mark Alright Brian Good Good Listen I'm just going to speak About the whole The window's just opened And I've, mm. I've been hearing People speaking about Oh, we need this player at Celtic, that player at Celtic. My only concern is Celtic, that Celtic do their business as they've always done in the privacy of good business. Now, we're talking about a young guy in Motherwell there, and I'm really I'm delighted that Celtic have entered the, 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 
um, the market early because you want to get these young guys. He will end up costing twenty million, no long for now if that boy's development's as good as it looks. But and this is where I'm saying it's Celtic Stein. Celtic supporters that are coming on and oh we need this we need that try and stay humble try and stay I mean I'm 52 this year and and I remember times when we had nothing when we were winning nothing but you still went along you still supported the team you still supported not just the football team but the guys that are at the back working tirelessly to make Celtic as good a club and as good as it's become now didn't they become that Mr. Lowell, didn't he just turn up and, oh, that's it, it's brilliant. It, it became that because of yeah, a way that they work. They're not doing it in social media. They're not doing it in the, in the papers. They're trying to do, they're trying to get their business all over overdone. Now, fair play to Motherwell, they held out and they should have got their money. But, they, I mean, you guys were talking about John McGinn. Now, I can tell you this because I know John McGinn was never going to Celtic, ever, ever. Was had no interest in going to Celtic at all. He was wanting to try play his trade in England and fair play to him. He's a nice lad. I've spoke to him a couple of times. Nothing to do with um, being a Celtic fan as he was when he was a kid. He had wanted to play his trade somewhere else. And all this hullabaloo that we're getting, oh, uh, oh, let's not make it about John McGinn last, like the John McGinn saga last season. There was no saga. He was never coming. That was a press, a media thing. Celtic made an offer. Celtic got knocked back because John McGinn's agent said he doesn't want to stay in Scotland. So put that to bed right now. There's no story in a non-story. But what what good stories are coming out, and I'm looking, is that Celtic are now beginning to understand as the rebuilding process has been over the last few years stalled a wee bit. But here we've got a guy for... Um, I think it's Toulouse, Julian, uh, Frank, Christopher Julian. Mm-hmm. Now, he's in the, the bracket, seven, eight million pounds. Maybe they're talking in the region of eight to ten million euros. Now, Celtic are, are serious about blocking up and, and becoming that, that um, centre-back problem that we seem to have had. And by the way, last season the worst season we've had in eight years, and we won a treble. So if Celtic are serious about winning eight in a row, nine in a row, ten in a row, I mean, sorry, we've got eight, nine and ten in a row, or whatever they want in a row, then they must be looking at players that can come and create a value to the team as it is now, so they go straight in, and then create a value later on in a sell-on, because that is what's important to Celtic. To keep Celtic on the road that's on, you need another Van Wanyama, another uh, Virgil. These these players are um, unfound by other players. Now, who found them? Neil Lennon found them. Who brought them into the team? Neil Lennon brought them into the team. And if you were to ask Victor Wanyama and Virgil van Dijk, who was an, uh, who was a, an intrinsic part of their careers, they will no doubt mention Celtic and especially Neil Lennon. So all of you guys out there, Celtic supporters only, I'm no bothered about the other lot. The other lot can say what they want about Neil Lennon. Get behind this guy. He knows his football. He knows his network. He's got players that, you know, that that other agents in Scotland have got no idea about. He's got players in his mind. And I'll tell you what, if Celtic back him to the hill, as they seem to be doing, saying, right, here you go. 
we had the we had the circus with Brendan Rogers and Brendan Rogers was brilliant. He could talk for ten minutes a bit like myself and not say much. But here's the thing. Neil Lennon, get yourself behind him. Stay humble, stay classy, Celtic. Brian, would you would you agree as much as Neil Lennon uh totally correct played a big part in these players' careers um and bring them through and giving them game time and putting them into European you know, giving them European exposure. Would you agree though yeah. that the head of recruitment had a, a big part to play in bringing those players in? Well, of course, that's what I said to you. It's a yeah. teamwork effort. Yeah. So, but so the, the problem man, that Celtic have just now, there's the, yeah, the man is in charge. You're totally right. You don't have the, a head of recruitment right now, problem, and that's Alison. the big issue. At the that's the big issue. Them. Now they've got David Turnbull, you know, almost over the line just now without a head of recruitment. So deals like that are fine because he's here. He's, he's in our eye line We can see him But it's finding these hidden talents Exactly That, that Brian's talking yeah. about Your one yammers Your van yeah. dykes They don't just fall yeah. on your lap Now that's that's the problem The head of recruitment At any club Is so important these days And especially at a club like Celtic Where the model Is what it's been For the last couple mm. of years Where where you're buying cheap And you're selling for tens 15 20 million pounds Whatever you like That's the model And if you've not got that guy in place I don't think it matters how good your manager is because Neil Lennon, Brian, you're right, Neil Lennon will have contacts. There's no doubt about it. Every manager has contacts on his phone. But he can't but be the manager, man that goes out and watches every yeah, single player. A manager's time is stretched so thin as it is. He's got training sessions, he's got players' problems, he's got guys banging his door and his phone's going. He can't go out and watch games every single night of the week. He's got bigger problems and that's why... Celtic have to move to get someone in that position Thank you to Brian and Sterling for his call We'll go to Jim in Springburn now We spoke about Mikel Lustig Will he be staying, will he be going You think you've got the replacement if he is going uh, Hello Alison, hello. hello Matt Hi Jim uh, I would think, uh, I've not heard this name mentioned yet And, and I'm quite surprised I've seen him playing uh, regular against Celtic And I think he's been superb But Stephen O'Donnell, Pico Marnock Yeah I had a he's feeling you were going to say him Jim Sorry? I says I had a feeling you were going to mention him there. No, well, you, you've read the Andy's note. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, on you go, Jim. No, it's, uh, I, I've seen him against Celtic a few times and he gets up and down the park, Mark, a bit like yourself. <laughs> Only... Not like <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, not like me, Jim. <laughs> right, but no, he can also defend as well. And also, when I'm being in a Scotland squad recently, I know he's not the, the name that you know, the superstar name or the greatest right back since Dan McGrain or anything, but I think he's going to do a great job for Celtic. Well, yeah, I think he's got attributes to that Neil Lennon would like. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, I was asked about him a couple of weeks ago, and I'll give the same response just now. I think he's athletic. I think, like Jim says, he gets up and down the park, um, and that's something I think comes hand in hand with being a Celtic fullback that you need to be. Able to go from box to box You know Without any questions asked And I think Stephen O'Donnell can do that um, Defensively I think Sometimes it, it, Questions can be asked of him And that would be That would be my concern mm. But no doubt going forward As an attacking full back He fits the mould That Neil Lennon and, and Celtic really command To play that position Fitness levels Terrific and Jim's right, he's got the exposure playing Scotland. Yeah. He's he's going to get much better playing against guys like Hazard like he did the other night. Terribly yeah. difficult also job. Matt, yep. Also, Matt, playing me and training with Celtic players, the, the class that they've got, 
it could only bring him on as you're saying about Turnbull and whatever. Yeah. I hope Turnbull one uh, comes to fruition. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, no doubt about that. Yeah. Sorry, Jim. What was that? No, I'm saying just uh, with with the guy at Bono, as you're saying, he needs a wee bit of bringing on. Mm-hmm. I, 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 players and whatever you know, yeah. learning, bringing them on, coaching them. Yeah, and and training. Listen, that's that's. Uh, I certainly feel I improved in training. And and mm-hmm. Stephen O'Donnell was a kid um, when I was there at Celtic and his his youth career. So I, I caught him then, and he had to he had to go away like many kids do. Don't make it, but he certainly built himself back up. And to be the Scotland right back now, it shows you the mm-hmm. character of the boy. But uh, Jim, you're right. When you train with better players you become a better player yourself when Jim talks about bringing in like Stephen Donnell David Turnbull and how training with these top players will bring them on how much of a balance does Neil Lennon need to get given that the European games start so early Mm. well that's where you get guys like you know Scott Brown who are so important I mean last week in the show we were we had a caller can't quite recall his name saying that Scott Brown not a man and you know when they play him but when you've got young guys like this who are are going to be in, in the side his experience is vital. You know, just having that guy beside you who's been there and done it and can control and dictate and pull you here and pull you there and push you into this position, you need that on the park. When you've got a, a bunch of young guys, you certainly need someone who can control them. And I think guys like Scott Brown are like that. And the other boys, you know, even Cal McGregor, yep. he's worn the armband for Scotland, played 69, 69 games, games this season. Yeah. That experience is vital. So Neil Lennon needs a mix. I think he'll know that. And David Turnbull might only be the start yet. Thank you to Jim for his call. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard, and we're back after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Win the compensation you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Wilson here with me, Alison Conroy on Clyde One Super Scoreboard this evening. I want to go straight back onto the phones. We've got John and Bishop Briggs. Hello, John. Hi, Alison. Night, Mark. Hi, John. Hello. Uh, just a wee question for you, Mark. Uh, mm. It's about Neil Lennon. Yep. Uh, I've obviously backed Neil Lennon for the very start. Obviously, got a lot of criticism. I've seen like fans, not uh, just uh, you, you'd say towards him. Obviously, you've played under Neil. Yep. Uh, just how much do you think he improved during? What's he like in the dressing room when it comes to old firm games? Does he get the fire going in your belly? And how much love he's got for the club? And uh, the worry manager will put an arm around you and make you that, go that extra mile for him and keep pushing and pushing until uh, a defeat's not an option. The only victory you get is. Aye. Well, listen, I think you, you answered all it there. Um, to be fair, old firm games, you want to know that. I don't think it needs any explaining. Um, seeing Neil on the touchline in old firm games, I think most fans can understand or, or imagine what he's like in the dressing room. Um, putting an arm round you, um, he, he sometimes could. He picked and chooses choose his players to do that way. Um, senior players, I, I think he understood that he, he doesn't need to do that. Younger players, yet. So he's got a very good understanding uh, of his dressing room and I think that's an important attribute to have as a manager. Um, in terms of my my uh, playing days under him, I thought I had my possibly my best season in my career under Neil when he came in. Well, he came in for seven, eight games um, enjoyed it immensely playing under him and then went away, got the job and uh, it was my favourite season. You know, just playing every week, the way I was playing... Um, again, the way he made me feel, the way he made the the team feel, um, no doubt about it. When when we slipped up and we did lose that league, then 
It wasn't a nice time to be around him But that was just his passion And, and what it oh. really meant to him And that's I mean all along I've been saying that Neil Should get the job And it's because of those experiences I was saying it I know what it means To him To win silverware For this club And you know He puts that above anything else And he has mailed now He has been away He's managed different clubs He's got a different taste A, a different league and I think he has a better manager now And I think time will show that When he gets his own players in um, And the league season really kicks in I think he will show that he's a better manager uh, Than he was first time round I do feel you had that best season of your career Because of Neil It was him that made you have that season Well, yeah, I, I've got to say I, I just loved the way that the team played The way that he set up The way that he, he told It was me uh, and left back was Azagiri at that time um, I loved the way he, he wanted us to play I loved the way that he played Two sitting midfielders that, that covered us And allowed us to be attacking fullbacks As much as we could um, And he just gave us that confidence You know, I'm, I'm talking from Monday To Thursday in training it was that confidence instilled in his And then on the Friday It was more about fun You know, relaxing and, and enjoying your wee hour of training And I just loved everything about You know, Monday to Friday mm. And then the game this Saturday under him Thank you to John and Bishop Briggs I want to go on to another John now in Corker Hill Hello John Good evening Hello Hello Mark Hi John Good evening My apologies I feel as if I'm intruding in the Celtic goo every night <laughs> <laughs> well, you've given it. Uh, yeah, you're I, right, John. I, I, it's, like, it's, it's like a Celtic phone, and I thought I thought it was phone in paradise here. <laughs> anyway, Mark, just a wee comment. You'll agree for four years, the eight years, and I'm not taking this away from Celtic. Fair play, and they won it. But for four of their seasons, they didn't have any competition. For the other three of the seasons, we had three managers that didn't know what day and night looked like. Now we've got a football manager, and it does know football. And according, by the way, to some of the Celtic pundits here, Chris Sutton's, John Hartson's, he'd have been lucky, lucky, because he's a rookie manager. He finished third or fourth. I think you'll find there's a great deal of difference this year. A great deal of difference. And I think that's why there's so much apprehension with Celtic. They know what's coming. They know there's a, I'm not going to say they're going to win the league, but there's a severe challenge coming their way, and they know it. Well, John, in terms of before, when Neil Lennon won... The the leagues before uh, That's out of his control If Rangers weren't in the league Or or, or but, you, but then you say is that Rangers had three managers That, that didn't know what they were doing Well they had no, three they attempts didn't, they, didn't. They, they spent plenty of money on players three, as well listen, they had three, Rangers had three attempts to get the right man in They didn't So it's it's been disrespectful to, to Neil Lennon to, to label that on However I, th- I think it will be a stronger challenge from Rangers this year I think Steven Gerrard is looking to strengthen as quickly as possible He's shown that today with Greg Stewart Though I th- I'm sure there'll be others to come in the next couple of weeks Because I'm sure he'll be desperate to get names in Before these European encounters So it will be a stronger challenge I, I don't think I-, I truly don't believe that there's apprehension from Celtic Knowing the fact that they, they've just won another treble And right. And uh, You know Celtic did have an injury list as well as Rangers did as well But they did have an injury list They had guys playing 69 games And uh, Who uh-huh. will come back fresher As well as every squad So I, I, I don't get this as apprehension Because Rangers 
are, are, are coming to win this league. Mm-hmm. I, I get there'll be a stronger challenge and I'm excited. I think it'll be a brilliant um, a brilliant encounter to watch. I think it'll be week in, week out um, to see who's, you know, who's slipped up and I'm sure there will be slip-ups. But Can I come back in for yeah, a second? Of course, yeah, on you go. See them, you were over about where's Greg Stewart going to play and where's Gerard going to fit him in? Yeah. The same applies to Neil Lennon with this lad coming from Motherwell yeah, because yeah. Celtic got a strong midfield. McGregor, mm-hmm. Christie, Brown, Roderick. So yep. where's that boy going to yep. play Turnbull? A hundred percent. Is he going to guarantee the first team game? Oh, uh, listen, I, I, I don't believe that either. No, I don't think he will, John. I, I think he'll have there to work. Go. Yeah, I think he'll have to work to get into that side. You're right. Celtic By the way Celtic and Rangers Are particularly strong In the areas Where they're signing players Yeah Yeah So it's But listen It makes for great competition Uh, That That brings out the best That brings out the best In players And I I think both teams You'll see players Go out the door obviously uh, Whether that's a transfer fee Or whether it's on loan Because both sides Have not seen a lot of movement but it's usually it's usually the tail end of yeah. June, you know, the start of July, where English teams are back in pre-season and they start looking at players. I think you'll see players go out for fees, but I also think you'll see players go out in season-long loans. Thanks very much for taking my call, Mark. I'll let you get back to paradise. All right, cheers, John. I actually want to go to the Scotland women's team. We want to squeeze this in before the end of the show. It's another massive game for Shelley Kerr and Scotland women at the World Cup tomorrow afternoon as they look to progress beyond the World Cup group stages. They take on Japan, Mark, a team ranked seventh in the world. They've got Argentina after that and Shelley Kerr knows that to progress out the group, they need to win one of these games. Yeah, listen, they need to take something, but... I don't think the, the task that they, they had uh, on Sunday becomes any easier against Japan. That's the thing. You know, England are, are a quality side and Scotland put up a, a, a right good show, you know, especially second half. Mm-hmm. If you compare it to what they were two years ago where they got, you know, trounced 6-0, they've definitely improved. However, I mean, tomorrow is so important that they take something because... I believe that Scotland will beat Argentina but I still think they need to take at least a point tomorrow and Japan's a tricky one because they drew their opening game where everyone expected them to win it yeah exactly well they were big favourites to win it but look Shelley Kerr must look at Argentina and I looked at the odds the other day Argentina were 400 to 1 I think to win the to over no to win right, the overall tournament to no not to win that so game what? no overall tournament so yeah. it shows what people thought of Argentina but uh-huh. if they can hold Japan surely Shelley Kerr can look at that and I'm sure she will because she's big into her video analysis look yeah. at that and go we can get at this side and, yeah. and fingers crossed they can and she's absolutely said they're not going to change their tactics. They're not going to change their mindset. It's not about defensive football for her now going into this game. They they want the win. Well, that's the thing. It's a positive mindset. Of course, the flip side of that is you need to be careful when you're playing against these sides who are ranked, you know, much higher above you in the world. Like we've seen the men's game against Belgium the other night. You do so well for so long and you think... We've got them where we want them. We've frustrated them. However, these teams that are at the top level of rankings, like your England, like your Japan, can hurt you in a split setting. So Shelley Kerr's team, although they like to attack, they've got to keep it tight as long as they, as long as they possibly can. A few other things happening today. St Minboss or Kearney's given an update. He's hopeful he can bring back Mihail Popescu to the club. He, of course, was on loan from January. Dinamo Bucharest are willing to sell him, but they want about £350,000, which for a, a club like St Mirren... Mm could prove problematic 
Well, it's a lot of money And we were chatting about Motherwell earlier on What 3 million quid can do for them But we don't regularly see our teams at the bottom of the league Splashing out transfer fees like £350,000 Especially for a defender So that might be a stretch No doubt he played a big part in what St Mirren did In staying in the league But that might be a wee bit of a stretch However, if what Tony Fitzpatrick says And they want to finish in the top four, top six Then... It shouldn't be a problem, should it? They should be able to go out there and get it. Well, Kearney says at the minute we have about 12 or 13 players. Ideally, we want to get that to around 20 or 21 to make us as competitive as possible next season. So he's got a bit of work to do in this transfer window. A bit of work to do. I mean, St Mirren fans, uh, they're no stranger to a new player coming in uh, and then going out the door shortly after. So it looks like they may have a, another summer of, of pretty similar to what they had last season. Some other news, four contract extensions confirmed at Hamilton Ackies today. Mikel Miller, Ronan Hughes, Ross Cunningham and Sean Want have all signed until the summer of 2020. And Partick Thistle have signed striker Lewis Mansell on a permanent deal, of course, spent last season on loan at Firhill. They're strengthening as they look to try and get back up to the Scottish Premiership. Goalkeeper Cammy Bell, though, has left by mutual consent. They rejoined up for pre-season today. Well, that's about it for tonight. I'm back tomorrow night with Derek Johnson. You can keep up to with everything that's happening on Twitter at Clyde SSB and of course online at Clyde1.com. Callum Gallagher is up next with your chance to be at Transmit. Mm-hmm.